Well, hi, everyone. My name is Joe Crummy, and I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Central Church, Fredericton. And today I'll be addressing one of the top five big questions that have been asked over the past month in our survey. God, where are you? Hashtag, is God even around? But first, I have a question for you and for those watching online. So here's the question for you today. What famous person in the world would you like to have one day with? So think about that one for a moment. Who's alive today? What one famous person in the world would you like to have a day with? What an interesting question. Who would you like to spend a day with? There's so many people to choose from. So maybe you've been watching The Crown on Netflix and you're like, man, so many questions to ask the queen. <laughs> She's lived such a long time. I'd love to have a day with her. And maybe in politics, maybe you'd like to have a day with President Trump. Maybe you wouldn't like a day with President um, Trump. Maybe you prefer former President Obama. Maybe in sports, maybe LeBron James or maybe Venus or Serena Williams. For movies, anyone from the Marvel Universe would you like to hang out with for a day? Science, Nobel Prize winners, arts, religion, business, YouTubers, social media. If any of you answer the Kardashians, I will not judge. However, I might question. Music, Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, you can go on and on and on. Now here's what I need your help with. Imagine for a moment that you actually do get to spend a day with that famous person. Someone that you're, maybe you're in awe of, someone that you would be awestruck. And I don't know how you might respond. I might be a little bit more self-conscious, shy. I know some people would be so excited that they would just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But here's the thing. We would love to get to know famous people, but we fully understand, even if we were to spend a day with someone famous, it really depends on them to decide how much they're actually going to really open up to us. So I can imagine if I got to hang out with someone for a day, you know, it might be small talk and a bit of awkward silence at times, and it would be polite, but probably pretty superficial, because I'm sure if you're famous, you're probably fearful anything you say is going to be tweeted, put on social media, posted, and going viral. So you might be a bit cautious about how much you open up to a stranger. So, if you can bear with me, do you have your person in mind who you'd like to spend a day with? I'm going to pick one person, and you're going to laugh at me, but I am going to say, I want to spend the day with Justin Bieber. How's that? And I would be like this, okay? I'd be like, Biebs, we get to hang out for the day. And it's like, guess what? I'm Canadian too. And I'd be like, so, why did you write that song that way? And how's Haley? And I would just be like, and we'd play some hockey together, and we'd shoot some hoops together. Like, we would have an awesome day together. And wouldn't that be cool? But wouldn't it be cool if, like, that really happened? But as the day went on, Justin, like, really opened up to me and was like, Joe, what do you think about this? And I'd be like, well, Justin. And he's like, hey, could you help me on some lyrics? I'd be like, no problem. I love writing lyrics. I make up songs all the time. And he'd be like, Joe, you're actually a pretty good hockey player. Like, not bad for someone that old. And like, we were hanging out, 
And what if at the end of the day he said, I had such a great day, Joe, can we do this again? And I'd be like, sure. And what if he, over time, made time in his schedule and invited me and we got to hang out and he valued my friendship and he valued my input? How would I feel? I'd be like, I'm feeling pretty good. Like, Beebs wants to hang out with me. And I would feel important and privileged and valued and special and chosen and accept it that this famous person who's important, influencer, popular, has chosen me to be his friend. And I'm going to pretend in my world that now I'm his spiritual advisor. How's that? That feels pretty special. Whew! That's something to brag about. I'd have the phone out, we'd be doing the selfies, and the pics would be, and my Instagram account would go from like five people to like a million followers overnight. And if that happened, I'd only be 149 million behind Biebs on Instagram for followers. Isn't that great to imagine? But I would fully understand that my extent of knowing this famous person depends more on them than on me. That me getting to know them is a direct result of them opening up and allowing themselves to be known. It's their willingness to reveal their true self to us dictates more than my desire to maybe know them. And in a similar way, with sort of a funny illustration, the Christian worldview of God understands and believes that God has taken the initiative to reveal and share and be involved on planet Earth. And more than just sort of orchestrating planet Earth, the Christian worldview is this. God reveals and wants to be made known to people, to actually every person on planet Earth, so that we can know not only about God, but actually know God, and even a step beyond that we can be known by God. So, what are some ways that we can see and that we can move from these honest questions, and they're good questions, and we all, I think if we're honest, struggle with them, like, God, do you even exist? God, are you real? If so, where are you? And if so, how does God go from being seemingly maybe mysterious or unknown or hidden or maybe sort of some cosmic force out there? How can God be known to actually personally know God? And if we can personally know God, is God even good? Is God caring? Is God concerned at all about my life? If God is real, can you bear with me just for a few minutes to allow yourselves to imagine that here are maybe some ways that God reveals and speaks and makes God known to humanity. That there is God saying, here I am. So let's take quickly a look at some different things. First thing we're going to take a look at is creation. We're going to look at nature. Just look at the physical world around us. Skies and sun sunsets, sunrises, clouds, stars, planets, solar systems, galaxies. Wow! It's amazing. Oceans, lakes, rivers, they're powerful. They can be calm, wild and scary, vast. Just think about color. Just think about sound, taste, touch, movement, beauty, music. 
nature, flowers, trees, mountains, valleys, ice, fire, animals, marine life, insects, birds, weird, wild, majestic. Just think about babies, conception, growth and development, birth, miracles. Just think about the human body. We're so complex. Systems and brain and blood and muscles and movement and life. But not only that, we have emotions, intellect, communication. We have imaginations. All of it pointing towards God revealing. God is creator and creative. You just think of all the different ways that we think about in the words we use to describe people. Authors, artists, teachers, architects, engineers, builders, laborers, composers, physicians, physicists, chemists, conductors, coaches, programmers, all, and the list goes on and on, all reveal characteristics of God through creation. So, are these things an accident? Is it just a random chemical reaction? Is it something evolving out of nothing? Or does it display an intelligent design that there is actually a creator behind it all? A man named David who lived several thousand years ago said this and recorded in the Bible. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of God's hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. What profound words. God reveals, God speaks through creation. Universally to all people, all nations, all tribes, all languages throughout history. Creation reveals a creator. Secondly, relationships. Why do we want and need relationships? We're wired for relationships. It gets out different ways through different personalities, introverts, extroverts. It gets worked out differently across different cultures. But there's a desire and a need there for companionship, for friendship, knowing and being known, something that can be experienced. Community life, family life, closeness, communication, intimacy, both physical and emotional. And I think we can say that our present world has never been so connected through social media than ever before, yet what gets put out through every statistic Never before has people ever felt so disconnected from one another. And COVID revealed this just in the last six or seven months, that we haven't been able to have the same type of relationships and friendships, and it's led to people being lonely and isolated and feeling lost. It's not good. You think about the music industry. Billions of dollars are made over the years on songs all about relationships. And as the country music I listened to growing up was all about either crying, loving, or leaving. That was the gist of every song. We're either crying, we're loving, or we're leaving. So I just pose this. Could it be that our hunger, our desire for relationships is not an evolutionary trait that's needed for survival, but instead it actually reveals, reveals to us a God who is relational. That we as humans were made in God's image. 
and therefore we reflect God in our various relationships. Just think about all the different relationships. There's a child knowing their parents, a wife and a husband knowing each other in marriage, best friends that love being together, the bonding that takes place between teammates and co-workers working together. All of these examples illustrate different ways in which love is expressed through friendship, companionship, romance, sacrifices, serving, and commitment. This is part of the Christian concept, and not just concept, but reality and experience of knowing God, that those by whom God enables God to be known are loved and cared for by God. Whew. Creation, creator, relationships, God is relational. Third is this, questions. Do you ever wonder why we think and ask big questions? Why do we long for meaning and purpose and identity and fulfillment? Who am I? What's my purpose? Why am I here? How do I fit into this world? There's a hunger and a desire in all different cultures for significance, for value, for acceptance, for belonging. A sense of being created for something bigger than just me. Searching, seeking, longing. We've got to ask ourselves, where does that come from? The writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, who the Bible says was the wisest man ever on planet earth, wrote this in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. God has also set eternity in the hearts of men and women. Let me just say that again. God has set eternity in the hearts of men and women. God has put eternity. God has made us for something bigger than just here and now. God wants us to be part of something for eternity. And he's put that in us. And the only problem is that we seek to fill this sense of eternity, this void of identity and value and significance and fulfillment through created things like work, family, pleasure, possessions, food, drugs, sports, all created things that don't ultimately satisfy because we miss the creator behind the created things. C.S. Lewis, famous author and uh, one who started out believing in God and then actually gave up believing in God. In his teenage years, went through the First World War, experienced the horrors of war, wrestled through lots of different things, and came back to believing God. He said this, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. We are part of a story that starts before us and continues after us. God reveals God through creation, through relationships, through asking questions. The fourth thing we want to take a look at, God speaks, God shares, God reveals by giving humanity his written word, the Bible. God communicates with us, humanity, in a way that we can understand. God writes things down so that we can read God's story and where we fit in. 
Folks, do you realize we're actually written into the story? It's amazing. God's Word, the Bible, it's the all-time bestseller. And the Bible, and this is what a lot of people don't understand, they think maybe it's just written a long time ago, ago by some old man. But folks, you have to realize the Bible was actually written over a span of 1,500 years. Did you know that there are over 40 different authors? Did you know it was written in three different languages with different genres? There's history, there's narrative, there's poetry, there's prophecy, there's teaching. Did you realize that there's some parts in it that are rated general? Some are rated PG, some are even restricted. There's mature themes, it's epic. And it starts with God and it ends with God. And folks, the Bible tells a story. It tells a story of God. It tells a story of his creation of the first man and woman. It tells a story of this man and woman living in paradise. It sounds absolutely amazing. Walking and talking with God. God is real. God is present. God is experienced. But tragedy takes place. An enemy spoils the plot. There's lies and deception. There's trickery and rebellion. And there's consequences. The first man and women disobey God. And it says a spiritual death came. There was a blindness. And a physical death followed. And there was pain and separation and rejection. And here's the amazing thing. God is hidden, but not because God hides, but because blindness comes upon God's creation. And ironically, in the Bible, God is the first one to say, where are you? We always say, God, where are you? Blindness comes upon humanity, and God says to humanity, where are you? History, humanity, is really a tale of this. It's people trying to do good things, but something seems to always go wrong. Think about it. There's chaos, murder, violence, racism, fighting, power struggles, seasons of peace, but then war. And despite advancements in education, technology, medicine, science, democracy, I think we'd all say we kind of still live in a messed up world. And God's word reveals God throughout history, God's character attributes, but God's purposes and God's plans. God desires relationship with God's creation. Therefore, God pursues, God keeps revealing, God keeps intervening, God keeps loving and redeeming and restoring. And it seems like we as humanity continue to ignore, disobey, rebel, and we just plain forget God. We read this in the Bible in Acts 17, one of the books of the Bible. A guy named Paul who's quite well known. He's explaining to people in Athens almost 2,000 years ago about they were worshiping an unknown God. And Paul begins to explain to them the story of who God is. And I didn't have a place on the screen to write, put it all down, but we're going to pick it up. And Paul says this, when we read the last couple of verses are on the screen. Paul's saying to these people, and we can hear it today, the God who made the world and everything in it 
is the Lord of heaven and earth and doesn't live in temples built by human hands. God isn't confined to our buildings. And he's not served by human hands as if God needed anything. Rather, God himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. And here it is, we pick it up. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. And this is the key verse. God did this so that they, that's us, would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Wow. God wants us to seek God, to reach out to God and to find God because he is not far from any of us. And that leads to the fifth point. What if God came to us? Because we realize there's a problem. There's a disease. It's like a virus has corrupted planet Earth. But there is a foreshadowing in God's Word. There's promises and predictions, and we see the foreshadowing that a hero is coming who's going to set everything right. So the fifth way that God reveals Himself to us is this. The biggest reveal God becomes human. Jesus, God becomes one of us. God reveals God becoming human in the flesh. And we're coming up to Christmas, and the Christmas story is this. Heaven came to earth. We read the story of Jesus being born, physically born to Mary. It was a miraculous birth. We read that the Holy Spirit is the one conceived Jesus in Mary, born of a virgin, the most unique birth ever on planet Earth. And we see how Jesus said, I reveal my Father in heaven. So you look at the words that Jesus taught, and it says he taught with authority. And he would say, you think God means this or says this, but actually God means this. And it's the most incredible teachings ever. He loved and cared and was compassionate and merciful. Yet, he fought for justice and he fought against systemic racism and shame culture. He fought against the things that we're fighting against today. Jesus did miracles. He's able to heal the sick. He brought sight to the blind. He raised the dead. He did signs and wonders that miraculous. He calmed a storm. Jesus was about relationships, community, wholeness, joy. Jesus, fully God and fully man, reveals God. And yet, you would think, man, if I was there, I would believe. Yet the Bible records, still, most people missed it. Jesus would say things like, if you're hungry, I am the bread of life. If you're thirsty, I am the living water. If you're lost, I am the way. If you've been lied to, I am the truth. If you're dead, I am life. And Jesus is the hero sent to reveal God, but also to deal with the thing that blinds and separates and destroys and corrupts. Jesus came to deal with that virus, that disease that was introduced and unleashed by a hacker, the devil, a real created being who turned against the creator. And a lot of times we ask, God, if you were real, 
would you actually understand anything I'm going through? And if you read about the life of Jesus, we see this. Jesus was born into poverty. Jesus was chased. People were trying to kill him. We see this, that Jesus experienced, and the Bible says that he was a man of sorrows that we just sang about. He was familiar with suffering. He wasn't very good looking. He was rejected. He was betrayed by his best friend. Injustice, abuse, and then he was murdered. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way that we're tempted. He gets us. He understands what it is to be human. In Jesus' life and his death on the cross, which we see at Easter, it says that he became the substitute. He gave his perfect life as a replacement for humanity's rebellion and guilt and shame. That the penalty for our wrongdoings were paid, and in a way he rebooted and became the way to know God again. Jesus, raised from the dead, defeated the virus of the devil, sin, and death. And it says that he returned to heaven and that he's coming again. Because we have to realize, folks, that this physical body will die, but our soul, who we really are, goes on to either be with God or away from God. And Jesus said this, and quote it in the book of John. Jesus said, now this is eternal life. That they, that's humanity, that you and I may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Folks, eternal life is this. We get to know God and Jesus Christ, the sent one. So in closing, why is this important? Why even care or bother about finding God? Or maybe we should rephrase it about God finding you. I would just put this to you. Knowing God is crucially important for the living of our lives, both today and for eternity. Folks, the largest city I've ever been in was Istanbul in Turkey. Over 35 million people. And it goes on and on and on. I was there once and I was in a taxi for over two hours just getting from one point to the other. It's so big that two parts of it are in two different continents. That's how big Istanbul is. It's massive. Now think about this. Imagine me taking my mother, my dear mother, who's in her late 70s, and just dropping her off. I can't even say there's a downtown Istanbul because it's so big. But just dropping her off in the middle of the city without any explanation and just leave her to fend for herself. She doesn't know the language. She doesn't know the city. She doesn't know the culture. My mom doesn't have a cell phone. It would be scary. It would be confusing. It would be dangerous. You'd be saying, Joe, she's helpless, hopeless. Folks, we're not that far off from that example. If we try to live in this world without knowing about the God whose world it is and who runs it. The world can become a strange, crazy, scary, painful place. It can be full of disappointments and discouragement. It can become meaningless. 
if we don't know God. We don't know who God is. We can stumble and we can run through life with no sense of direction or understanding, just trying to survive. And folks, we experience that today. We've never had so many high cases of anxiety, depression, suicide. Because it's like we're dropped off on planet Earth and we don't know what to do. Or Jesus said, you can do this too. You can actually live a successful life by our standards, and yet you can lose your soul and you can miss out on the life it is to know God now and in eternity. So we have to ask the question, what provides a foundation? What provides direction? What provides purpose and meaning for our lives? What shapes our priorities? What shapes our value system? What addresses and answers the questions of our identity, our significance, our meaning, and is there anything beyond this life? The answers that other worldviews bring through evolution and Big Bang and hedonism and all kinds of other worldviews, folks, they really leave us wanting. And they require a lot of faith and trust to answer these questions. Because the reality is quite a sobering thing. Jesus said we can miss out on knowing God and in this life. And in fact, we can waste our lives. I don't want to waste my life. And we can miss out knowing God and being with God for eternity. So today, for those of you here, for those watching online, I believe God wants to say through me, please don't miss out on God speaking and revealing. And folks, a lot of times when I've talked to people about Christianity and everything, a lot of times people just think it's this blind leap into believing God. And just as I'm trying to do this morning, I'm trying to say, you know what? It's not a blind leap into the unknown. God reveals and gives steps along the way for us to know God. And it's a bit like this. So Mark, I'm going to ask you to put some chairs out. So it's a bit like this. I don't know if you can see for those watching online, but it's like, this is God over here. And we start out way over here. And it's like somehow we got to get from here all the way over there. And we're kind of like, I don't think I can make it. Or it's kind of like this huge gap. Like we're saying, God, where are you? But if you think of it this way, and I hope everyone can still see me, it's like all of a sudden God provides one step, creation. And you're like, okay, kind of get in my way. And then God provides the next step. Okay, relationships. I'm beginning to understand. God, you might be in this. And then God provides another step. And you say, God, you've put questions in me for something bigger. That's coming from you. You're drawing me to yourself. And then God provides the next step. And then we're going, God provides his word. God provides a Bible. That God provides something that we can actually read and begin to understand. And as we read the Bible, one of the biggest things we find is the next step. The Bible reveals Jesus, God has come in the flesh. 
in the person. Now folks, at some point, we still need to take, there's still a gap here. We still need to take a step of faith. But folks, it's a whole lot different than a blind jump from way over there into the unknown. God has revealed himself and he makes an invitation for us to step and to know God. And here's the incredible thing. I believe God sometimes screams it, and I think God most of the time whispers it. I am here. So here's our part. Today, maybe today, maybe this week, this is all I'm asking you to do is would you just take 10 minutes, 10 minutes. You can put it on your phone, 10 minutes to be still and to ask God to reveal himself to you. God, if you're real, you can just say it. God, show yourself to me. Would you show me through all these different ways that I might know you? Because I believe God wants to say to us today, where are you? You may never meet someone famous, but you can know the God of creation. You can know the God of the universe. You can know the God who was and is and is to come. God wants to know you. God wants to know you. God wants to bring you into God's family so that you can feel loved and belonging. God wants you to know and be known by God that you can get your identity and your acceptance and your value in who God says you are. God wants to live our lives for his purposes and God's plans so that we have direction and meaning and significance. God wants us to know and experience the truth that we never have to be alone, that God is always with us both now and in eternity, and that brings such peace and hope and security. God, where are you? God's saying, I am God who has come to find you. I'm just going to say a quick prayer and just ask God to make this real. And for many of you, maybe you don't know God. And this is a great starting point. So let me just say a quick prayer and we'll give you some resources. God, thank you that you're speaking to us. Thank you that you care and love us enough to reveal yourself to us. And I pray for every person here this morning. I pray for every person watching this online. God, would you reveal yourself to them that they may know you and be known by you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just as the team comes, can I just share one thing with you? And I was praying this week and getting ready for this, and I was like, God, is there... Sometimes God speaks to us in pictures that we can understand. God, is there any picture you want me to share this week? And this is the picture I think God gave me. And it was a picture... I'm just going to share it because maybe this is going to speak directly to you, and that's one of the ways God kind of puts his finger on you personally. And I had a picture of being in a boat in a sea and the fog 
had settled and you can't see anything. And people can tell you there's beautiful mountains all around us. There's beautiful scenery. It's amazing. It's the most incredible view ever. But you can't see it. And you haven't seen it before, even if everyone else is telling you it's incredible. But in this picture, eventually the fog began to lift. And you could see the mountains and the beauty of the sea. And it was the most amazing paradise. Folks, it was there all along. But the person in the boat was able to then not just say, because other people have told me, I've seen myself. And maybe some of you, you've had friends who are saying, God is real. God's worked in my life. And you're like, I kind of want to believe, but it's like a fog is around me. I'm praying and believing that the fog is beginning to lift that you were going to know and experience God in a personal way like your friends and you're going to experience the most incredible things you've ever experienced. I pray that comes true. All right, a couple of resources to help you out if you want to follow up with this. A guy named Tim Keller who lives in New York City, scholar, pastor, theologian. He's written some incredible books that do a much better job than me of talking about does God make sense the reason for God. He's got podcasts, all kinds of things you can follow up with. Can I just encourage you, C.S. Lewis, like read the Chronicles of Narnia. Like if you want to get a story that kind of tells the big picture, read them again, even or read them for the first time. And then watch some videos. We've got the Alpha Film series that's, again, talks more and probably in a better way. Some of the things I'm trying to communicate to you today. So those are some resources for you to be able to follow up with. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, those online. Appreciate your attention. And we're going to close with one last song. Thank you, Mark.